This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmstead, and I'm part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association and the 120,000 K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members OEA represents. This week, we're bringing you bits of a conversation with three of those members in the Canton Education Association. George Dean is the director of the guitar program at McKinley High School, Donna Brown is a physical therapist in Canton City Schools, and Chad Weaver helps career and technical education pre-engineering students learn how to design and print 3D projects, among other things. They put their heads together and their talents to work this fall to help a 15-year-old student, Nehemiah Culver, learn to play the guitar. Culver was born with cerebral palsy and needed an assistive device, one invented by these educators and their students, to be able to play the instrument and join a guitar ensemble in the winter concert last year. The dedicated educators recently shared their story with Julie Newhall, the editor of OEA's Ohio Schools magazine. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to listen to parts of Julie's conversation with them. It starts with a question for George Dean about what led him to reach out to Chad Weaver and his engineering students after Nehemiah expressed interest in learning the guitar. Working with Mr. Weaver over, uh, I don't know, the last several years, I, I've you know witnessed what he does regularly and his uh, nothing is impossible attitude. And um, I kind of like that too. So, <laughs> so I like, um, I, I feel, I, I'm not near as smart as him, but uh, I can stop it. Stop it. Uh, but uh, um, I do what I do. And I know I could do that well, but, but wow, I, there's no engineering side to me like that. So I, I knew that he would be on board for it. And we share a common uh, love for the job, for the, problems in solving them and um, I was just really excited to have Nehemiah be a part of the class and um, I, I didn't I don't like it I don't like to make prejudgments um, just by seeing how you know Nehemiah's uh, disability um, I wanted to see how I could serve that and I knew Chad would be that guy to help me figure that out so it, you know, it was just a lot of actually during this time, we would just kind of grab each, you know, find each other yeah. and um, Donna would get Nehemiah and we would just, you know, brainstorm. I have, you know, when I having him in my classroom, I was able to, you know, get some kind of semblance of the idea that what we had to do, but, um, you know, needed Chad and Donna to, uh, definitely figure out how to do it so <laughs> so uh that's yeah that, go ahead chad I, I keep them all my students involved in in any project we're working on for other people because it's about engineering design so i said hey i have an opportunity i need to go up to the cafeteria real quick take a look at this student blah 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 well they knew who i was talking about some of the students knew that nehemiah wanted to play guitar so oh, they yeah, sat there and did their thing. i mean several oh, yeah. 
several of my engineering students are in George's guitar class. So it actually worked out really nice. Went, took a few videos of his range of motion, said, hey, can you hold a, a fake guitar for me? Show me how you would do it. So again, because I have no idea. I know what George wanted, but how am I going to make this happen? And Donna, you said this the most, where there's a will, there's a way. You know, and there, there's no word, there's no can't that we can't solve this problem. So well, I think that day in the cafeteria was um, I always try to remind myself because as therapists, we want things to look <laughs> like they're good, <laughs> perfect. And it's taken me years to throw that in the trash because that's not real. It's function. So um, I think we were all trying to look at the first um, prototype that you had for yeah. And um, he was having trouble with it. And a lot of times I do, when I cue him, I say, look, show us how you can move your arm, how you can do this. What's the easiest way? Cause that's what we need to work with. And I do that with him when he's walking or when we're doing all activities, we usually problem solve. Um, just trying to figure out what is the best way? What's the easiest way? And I always say, I don't care what it looks like. We just need to see how to make you functional and i think what's you know to piggyback on that with you know developing a skill that is that like all students have they don't they students that don't have that need that nehemiah does um still have specific motor skills they need to develop and i didn't want to like make prejudgments about anything so that to see what he was capable of developing just like that i'm glad kind of the trajectory it, it happened because just the other day he was really starting to isolate strings and nice. I, yeah he's it's gonna take a little time but he was really so i think that's the coolest part is just that the several prototypes that chad kept you know he would take that information that Donna gave him and that he got from Nehemiah and, and myself and um, actually seeing him with the guitar and get him a, a, a smaller guitar, yeah. but, uh, and, and think, he just kept shaving away. I, I was a Da Vinci that said that he just carve away until it like appeared. And so from the very first prototype, which was this big thing, and it turned into this really refined, small device. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, George, you mentioned it. I think we were giving each other feedback as adults, but my most powerful feedback was from Nehemiah because the first prototype, he says, yeah, it really sucks. I mean, that was yeah. his words, to me, you know, and I'm like, thank you. I mean, because that's what I need on my design side. And again, the whole process, we wanted to get something out to him. So my, I gave it to him and he goes, and I, when I first got it, I gave it to him. He goes, what am I going to do with that? Right, <laughs> it's like, right. uh, <laughs> well, we're going to talk to Mr. Weaver. <laughs> well, and, and that first one was designed just from that initial meeting. I took some video of how his uh, wrist, how his wrist would sit the brace he had on his wrist and said, well, and I used my hand as a model for it. And obviously it didn't work. And then even the second one was closer, but it still slid around too much. And yeah, it, it's, that's part of the engineering design process, you know, and I the think feedback is all part of it. 
I think he didn't show you his hand brace until this, maybe the second one. Cause yeah. I was like, where's your hand brace? Yeah. We didn't well, know there was a brace. Well, yeah. That's when I came up with the Velcro idea. Cause I said, wait, there's already Velcro there. Let's utilize that. Yeah. Cause that was the, was that the third one? That was the third or fourth prototype. Then. Uh, well, that was the third one for sure. Third one. Yeah. Actually, the second one had all kinds of like, it looked really cool. It looked <laughs> cool, but it was moving parts. Of, yeah. And keep it simple, right? Uh, education is kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, and so we went to the simplistic approach, and that's what worked. So. <clears throat> and he ended up playing. I mean, he was playing on the concert. You know, in some ways, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, there was a guitarist named Django Reinhardt. He was, anyways, he, he was very popular in like the um, 30s and 40s. World War II. He was super famous. Um, changed the way guitar was played, and it was, he was in an accident and uh, burnt his his left hand to where he only really had use of two fingers. And he would use the two that were they were kind of fused together here, mm -hmm. and he would use it in a way of courting. But he kind of revolutionized how the an entire style developed from it. And that was something that I just kept saying to myself. Don't get too attached to anything because you don't know what door is going to open. And I, I try to have that yeah. approach. And I think we even, George and I, in the beginning, we went from putting the guitar on his lap to, right. to then, no, we need just the way he holds his hand. We kind of talked about, yeah, that would be the best if we could get a strap. And we ended up getting the classical foot, the the pillow that would hold it up and it didn't work so <laughs> so and the cool thing about it is his attitude is like that's the biggest thing here because he's like never frustrated well i mean he gets frustrated but he doesn't quit and he's always got the best attitude i've known nehemiah for since his mom was actually pregnant with him so um i've been with him since preschool he at one point back in elementary school, he was had a lot more function. He was running down the hall in a walker. Um, and, you know, we would always laugh. He'd get in trouble because he was running. And so he's had a couple hip surgeries and the rehab didn't go as well with the pain tolerance and working through the range of motion. So we've had to kind of step back and that's what I said, work with, with who he is. And that's what I tell him. It's who you are. And, you know, you're just, you just always have to push through what you want to do. And if you want to do something, we'll figure it out to get you to where you need to be. And when I do meet him, I do see him on um, Monday and sometimes Thursday too. He'll bring up, do you think we're going to get back to that other walker sometime? And so I said, yep, we, we definitely will. We just got to get this going. And so he definitely keeps in the back of his mind, you know, his goal of getting back to the other walker. Well, she, she did give me feedback on, you know, as I'm teaching him to develop what he, the technique with, especially with his left hand, what, because there's a lot of part, parts that can work from the shoulder to the elbow to the wrist. And, you know, I don't have the expertise as, as Donna, as Donna does to um, yeah. know, Hey, is it okay for me to push this? And she would give me that feedback. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's what prompted me to like, I was 
adamant about at the beginning that that when the device with the pick that he's using, but he not the pick not be fixed because it was you know talking with her and seeing him on the guitar that saw what he was capable of this motion and I was wondering you know wanting to explore the possibility of refining the motion and having that pick if we have fixed it which would seem like the natural thing to do um would have never given him the feedback he needs now the play as I was telling Chad when he we get him playing some Michael Jackson and that kind of yeah. stuff you know <laughs> and he's gonna have to beat that guitar up yeah. um then we'll probably have to do yeah. that for that for a technique but but now I don't know if if you told them you sent me that video this video that George did was amazing so he did you tell him about that oh. you broke it up he made a video just for Nehemiah where he broke yeah, up the that. song and talked through it so that yeah. Nehemiah could understand and practice which was really, really impressive. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, yeah, but I, I know him and I know that that helped him a lot with that. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I know that there's probably no situation that is a cookie cutter, one size fits all. Yeah. Sure. But the, the workflow and the dynamic, I think, is very fluid to this solving this problem and so it it opens up for me as a guitarist and um i it opens up possibilities for me to be able to say not see a limitation as a stopping point that someone will have have the ability to do this that's that's great that's um i guess when you asked that question earlier about like Nehemiah, his range of motion, his limitations. Um, I always put that back onto him, onto my students. Like you show me, show us how you move. And then we go from there. So it's more of making, making the student, making Nehemiah aware of how can you move? What can you do? Now the endurance piece, um, pushing him, you know, just like when I do walking with him, I'll give him a choice because it's, he's got to be the one to set the goal, not me. It's, it's what he wants. So like I'll say, would you want to walk longer and pick a distance or do you want to pick time and walk without stopping a certain time or something like that? So just giving him the options of pushing him to think about like with the guitar, um, yeah. think about so when I was giving him his music, I rewrote the music he was playing with the class. It's like a band or orchestra. So everybody's playing different parts. They're not all just strumming chords. There's all these complex pieces that fit together to create an ensemble thing. So him being a part of that class, actually, to speak a little bit different, that has made them, they've really rallied around him. Like, mm -hmm. it's kind of changed the dynamic of the class. It, re it really has. Because I have some challenging behavior issues in that class which i've you know i handle i'm used to is no problem but but i've seen students get you know more serious because about this yeah that they're in there but um i would rewrite his part to to go with his ability when what chad's designed and where he's at physically 
So he's basically doing it on one string and now he's doing two strings. Now he's got a piece that we're going to try to go from the, the hot, the string closest to his nose, the, the low E, which I bet it's the highest one uh, down to the high E, which is the one lowest to the floor. And he's going to make that shift. And that's, I think that's. And, that, and that's part, you know, with, with Nehemiah, I just say, you know what, we keep practicing. We keep practicing. Every time we practice, we get better and better. So I, we, he sees that every week when we do PT, his walking, you know, he, from the start of the year, I mean, with the pandemic, you know, he was set back pretty far with his walking. So that's kind of where we're coming out of with the walking. And so every week he's just making more and more improvements. So to me, this is a one-off uh, project. So this, th this particular device helps Nehemiah. Will that device help someone else? I can't say that it would or would not, but the concept could help somebody else. George had mentioned earlier. So I had a student last year, actually a staff member came to me. He has a prosthetic limb and he was tired of his pant leg flapping in the wind because the diameter of the prosthetic limb was about an inch and a half diameter where his real leg is about, I think we figured out it's like, um, is it four? I think it was like a three and a half or four inch diameter. So he says, there's something you can do to add to this. Well, can I got to look at the integrity of the leg. It's a $40,000 prosthetic that we can't drill a hole in, right? Um, so I put a student on it who was done with all her work and she went and measured his real leg and designed something that could be 3D printed, that could fit on there and stay on there. So that's one thing. And any anytime I can get the students involved, I feel it's their civic duty as engineers, it's our civic duty to help people, you know, in, in any facet, whether it's the biomedical realm, whether it's a new bridge design, new chair. So they need to always constantly think of how is this device or how are you, what are you designing is going to help people. Um, and that's kind of my focus. And like George said earlier, there is no quit. There's no, there's no problem that can't be solved. And sometimes you have to think outside the box. Um, another project that we're currently working on, and Don, I'm going to need you to give more detail, but our senior uh, students are designing a set of stairs for the elementary students. And Don, I'm going to let you give more detail. Um, it's actually our preschool building. Um, and one of my preschoolers, um, she's in a walker, but is transition. I'm transitioning her to crutches. So in order for her to get to the sink to wash her hands, she needs a step with handrails so that she can step up and, and be able to reach and the soap and the water and, and be safe. So our students are designing those stairs right now. Hopefully Donna will have them done here soon. <laughs> and that way they can transition into that. Yeah. And I believe we have another project coming up, which I don't know what it is yet. Because um, again, the more of my, our students, the engineering students can get involved in designing real world scenarios, being able to test them, go on site and see their failures and their successes. That's what makes this powerful. Our thanks to Julie Newhall for sharing her conversation with Chad Weaver, Donna Brown, and George Dean with us for this podcast episode. As we mentioned, we just heard excerpts from that full interview here. To read Julie's full feature story on what Mr. Weaver, Mr. Dean, and Ms. Brown were able to achieve for Nehemiah, make sure you check out the February-March edition of Ohio Schools. 
coming to your mailbox or available on OEA's website, www.ohea.org. And while you're online, make sure you subscribe to Education Matters wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode in the future. Next week, we're hearing from the reporters who have really changed the game and changed a whole community's perspective on their local public schools through their in-depth reporting for the Cleveland's Promise series. It is truly phenomenal reporting, and I can't wait to share their perspectives with you. New episodes of Education Matters drop every Thursday. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.